This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder, do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Frenchies, so every little dude, dudes. all the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is... Couldn't help but wonder. wonder. <laughs> wow, in sync, baby. Yeah. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to, to us. Hi. Hi. Nice Look to see us. you. Zoom, zoom, zoom in. I How's feel, it going? It's great. I feel so much more calm. The last time we did this, I was a bit of a scatterbrain poodle. I didn't think so. But I, okay. Well, thank I'm you. Sad, I, I'm sad to hear that you felt that way. You did what? not seem like a scatterbrain poodle. You know what? Um, uh, when we recorded last week, I was staying with my sister, her baby, and my brother-in-law. And like, I was just on edge because usually, obviously, we're in a studio. And right. at that time, there was a baby yelling. And I was yes, like... Lots of like family noises outside the door. Yeah, I just didn't feel that... that as, I mean, I hate to say it, but I didn't feel that present because the internet was going sure. in and out. So I'm just very happy to see you now on, in this you are, circumstance. Yes, we are in... We're like... You're you're basically in as close to a recording studio as you can get during these weird times. Exactly. Gal, how yeah. have you been? Who are you this week? Okay. Who was I? I guess this week I was a bit of a Carrie in that I feel like Carrie's probably like the most, which, well, I was going to say she's like kind of the most artistic, which is kind of interesting because Charlotte works in an art gallery, but seems completely devoid of any interest in art. Really. 100%. Um, it's actually kind of surprising. We've never acknowledged that. That's so true. <laughs> I feel like their version of it is she will occasionally talk about artists, but that she like doesn't really have that much of an interest in it for sure she's like there's like that hockney discussion she has with the boob guy right right yeah but then it's like yeah it's definitely like um yeah it is a weird choice yeah kind of thing yeah i'm like i don't really believe it because you never yeah that's not the kind of career you just kind of loosely pick up like yeah i just like happen to like work one-on-one with artists like you would think she'd be a little more passionate anyways my point is i guess i'm a bit of a carry because I've been very DIY and I feel like Carrie is that way, sort of like with her fashion. She's always like, you know, putting her little stamp on things. And I, I've i gone full DIY to a degree where I'm like, I don't know where it ends. Like I'm now like, what else can I 
what else can I like do on my own that wow. I used to pay someone to help me with? Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's gotten to a kind of crazy so, degree. I did my first, um, at home haircut. Oh, what were you going to say? So the person that normally chews your food and baby birds at you, now you're chewing yeah. your own food. No, exactly. I mean, it's been You're so brushing hard. your own hair. I masturbate for myself. <laughs> you're like, trimming your own pubes. All <laughs> yeah. those, all that staff yeah. is gone. It's all gone. So yeah, I, I did, um, do my first DIY haircut. I watched a YouTube tutorial that my friend Diane sent me and it was actually quite simple. Oh, I loved it. I saw it. It was oh, great. Thank you. I, I love the video that you did. Yeah, it's basically like, I mean, obviously anyone listening can, you know, you know where YouTube is if you want to find it, but (laughs) you basically do this thing called like a unicorn haircut where you just pull all of your hair into a ponytail at the front of your head and then you like put a ponytail holder in and then you put a second ponytail holder in closer to the end and that's kind of like your guide for where your scissors go. And yeah, it turned out like really layered and... I like Are you it. an amazing I mean, hairstylist? I think I might be, but it literally was like snip, 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 and it was done. Like I did kind of point cut into into the sort of clump of hair, like upward with my scissors, just so it kind of had that like not straight across look. Um, yeah, but I was like, okay, that was like quite simple. And then I got really excited by that first initial ponytail, and then I was like, maybe I can give yourself a bob. Front- <laughs> yeah, no, I, I honestly was like, maybe I can cut my own front layers, and so I did that kind of on a whim I just went for the front and it did not turn out as well but just it's don't fine go it full Brittany, okay no <laughs> yeah no no head shaving is happening right now but yeah that's why I feel like a bit of a carry who are you this week yeah it sounds like you're really pulling the curtain back on the hair industrial complex I I mean you're I like, really it's simple, am bitches. I'm shattering honestly all of it I'm like I mean, I guess the one thing I really miss is manicures, mostly because my nails are really brittle. And when I have polish on them, like some kind of gel lacquer, I don't mess with them as much. And now I'm always kind of like chewing on them. And yeah, they just look like they have like marks all over. They just look really they just look sad. They're just a sad reminder. And I I want to like my hands. Oh, I know. I saw that great. I watched Jamie's video when she cut her hair. And as somebody who has six hairs left on my head that I'm clinging <laughs> to for dear life, not- that <laughs> so video true. was like hair porn. You have 26 pounds of hair. I was so like, oh it my God. It looked like hair porn. It, it was just, was, be- that's oh my amazing. God, Jamie, well, to have those, that amount of strands that are not yeah. going anywhere. What a there dream. Is, what a life. Thank you. I mean, yeah, my mom has more hair than anyone I've ever seen in my life. And then my dad has very thin hair. So yeah, I guess I'm somewhere in the middle, but yeah, I mean that and like just cooking a lot. Um, and also just kind of getting into this place of like, there were certain things that I, with cooking, I kind of was like, Oh, like, Oh, that's too complicated. Or like, Oh, that's like a type of cuisine that I like, I only eat out. I would never make that at home. Like any like Asian food. I'm always like, Oh, I don't know the, I don't know what to do. Like it all seems so complicated and so specific. And so I, I just always am like, Oh, that's something I enjoy out. And then now I'm in this place where I'm like, maybe I need to make dumplings. Like I'm just kind of, yeah, I'm trying to push the little, the little DIY boundaries as much as I can. So yeah, that's where I'm at. We just made a bunch of dumplings and froze them. Yeah. 
We have like we have so many like frozen little pre-prepared <gasps> things. It's it's kind of so wild. Cool. That's not making dumplings. Jamie's no, talking no, no. about like we well, made, he made them. them. He's no, saying we made that he them. made them and froze them. Oh, yeah. I thought you said you just unfroze them. I was like, no, no, no. Police, nine one one. You didn't make those. Rear, <laughs> <laughs> rear. I Sorry. appreciate being kept honest, but contrarian police. <laughs> um, Wait, that's so cool, Skylar. Was yeah. it was it easy or what? There, what is it? It's Kristen yeah. did a lot of those. I did I did another little freezing burrito thing um which it's just very labor intensive like it's it, it they're not hard but they just take hours to do you know because right, it, it's a lot dough of like has to be right it's that and then it's a lot of folding you're you're making mm. each one so it's just mm. like if everyone takes two minutes and you're doing 40 of them it's just like it's labor wow. intensive you know but yeah I'm very, they're very good yeah, I love dumplings. Um, yeah, next thing I want to do is I want to get an air fryer and start making like fried but not fried chicken. Oh, yes. Yum. That's supposed to be so good. Yum, yeah, I've yum, been, yum. I've been surfing Pinterest. Although I got to say, Pinterest has some trashy fucking recipes. If you literally like just. Theory. It is. No, it's like worse. Like I put in, I just put in like dinner recipes because I was like, just, just show me anything. Let's I like blue sky. Show me whatever you have. And it returned some of the trashy. It was like potato like tater tot casserole bites like just like nasty like who's eating this Wait, it's like cool for kids bites. Oh, it was like it's like it's like fun for kids but i mean if you're an adult and you type in dinner recipes it's like, like seven it's sexy just... ways to use ketchup yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is not your mom's ketchup recipe that's also been one of the wildest things I feel like I've experienced about quarantine on social media in particular thus far. Is the where food it's like, culture? Yeah. When I'm seeing people I, who I know don't cook now have to cook, it's been like uh-huh. wild seeing the dishes. <laughs> Guys, I think the craziest thing about COVID and cooking is when I get food, I, I mean, I spent $247 at Trader Joe's on Monday. I'm buying so much because you just don't want to go to the grocery store. Yep. And cooking feels productive. My issue is not overeating because making a mm. meal feels like, oh, self-care, nourishing, something yep. to do. It's one of the few things that like is releasing dopamine in my life. But even though I take- And it like, gives you routine. Yeah. And even though I'm taking like an hour hike, sometimes I'll do like a little YouTube video. I'm- definitely taking in more calories so that's the thing that's hard is having a house full of food and not just i know eating all the time yeah now it's like yeah when you eat it's more of an event now (sighs) it's like ooh, dinner's coming like that you know there's the dinner prep hour and then there's the dinner eating hour it's like everything's an event there's this like quality where you wake up and it's like oh in 10 hours i'm gonna turn on the stove (laughs) exactly it's so interesting how quarantine is so routine like there's such Mm -hmm. a routine that's starting to happen whereas but when the beginning it was all like what do we do how do we fill the time and now it's like oh i know how to fill my time a little too well yeah i made a turkey bolognese and it's like growing (laughs) like (laughs) like i had two bowls and then I just opened it up and if there's like more than there was before, it's like its own living. Th- it's like little shop of horrors. It's really upsetting. It's going to swallow me whole. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, all right, friend. Who are you this week? This week, I would say that. I would say I feel like I'm always such a drama queen this week, I would say, and I'm going to be really 
um, careful about this because I'm very open about the pot about a lot of things, but this is like one precious thing I, I'm not going to be that open okay. about. But okay. I'm going to say I'm a little bit like Miranda. I'm at literally Miranda every week when she felt a little bit out of the mix with the girls because mm. I stayed with my sister and her husband and the baby for a week. And I feel very hashtag blessed because I live in L.A., and my family is all around. So if I start getting stir crazy and feeling insane, I can go to family, which is a huge privilege, especially huge. as awesome. somebody who lives alone. It's like, I'm happy to live alone normally. And sometimes it's fine. But after about a week by myself, I start to get a little weird. So I went to, to my sister's and I had an amazing therapy about it today. But it was just this like really it's like the classic thing you see in like so many movies like Bridesmaids and all this stuff where we live on opposite coasts. So we don't spend a lot of time together, but we were so close growing up, like codependent, really each other's allies, each other's best friends. And um, it's so different when the your little partner in crime that you grew up with is married with a baby, it changes the relationship so much. And I'm very happy for her. I She's an amazing mom. But there was something a little sad about it because the dynamic is so different now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think this probably happens to a lot of people when their really close friends have kids. Because when your friends get married, I think you still do hang out a lot. But I think a baby, like... No, it, it's different. And especially just, right now where she has no help everything. because it's COVID. Yeah. So she's like a full-time mom. And it wasn't bad. It was really nice to see them. It was really nice to start a relationship with my nephew. But there was some, like... There was, like, a little bittersweet thing that... It's just one of those life things where like, oh, this really impactful relationship is like shifting and I'm sure it will shift again and continuously evolve. But it's the only way I can explain it to people that if you don't have a sibling you're really close with is just like a childhood best friend or a really close best friend who like makes a big life change and then your relationship changes. I don't really experience it that much because we're not around each other that much, but the time we spend together feels so different than it used to, if you know what I mean. Sure. No, that makes sense. I, I, on a sort of lighter scale, I had a similar thought with a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine who's pregnant now. And I've been thinking like, is this going to change us? Like she's been, you know, she's, she's had, she's a husband, but yeah, she's always just been very like, I don't want to say available, but it's always been very easy. It's just like, just making plans has always just been like, let's go do something or like, come over, you come over here. Like everything is just, it's just always been easy because she didn't have a kid. And I'm like, Oh, she's going to be a mom. It's like definitely going to shift the relationship. And also like no shade to moms out there or people with kids listening. But I have to say from my experience, I don't find other people's babies fascinating I don't. I can't sit and have a long conversation about baby stuff. And I think that's another big difference between people who have kids and don't have kids. Uh, yeah, of course. Is like, obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of things. Well, it's just not as relatable. Well, I don't think it's, for me, it's not just that. I also don't think it's that interesting. Like, Right. But I'm, yeah, I would, well, I would agree. But also it's because it's like, it's not, it's not infiltrating your life the way it is there. So it's like, even if they don't think it's interesting, it's still like. 
you know, it's such an integral part of their experience right now. Like I yes. use, I remember like, this is so silly, but like before I had a dog, I was always like, when people talk about their dogs, I it's truly yeah. want to throw myself off a cliff. I was like, this is so boring. And then you get yeah. a dog and you catch yourself having those really boring conversations yes. about like he slept and then he ate. And it's like, yeah, who totally. fucking cares, Jamie? Right. But I'm like, not going to stop. Cause now I'm like, well, that's my life. Like, I don't know. Of course. No, I think that that's a big thing. I think a big thing of people that have kids and people that don't have kids are like having those like conversations. But like the truth is about any friendship or relationship is like, doesn't mean that people think it's particularly riveting to hear like of ridiculous course. dating stories, even though I do think ridiculous dating stories are oh, more dating riveting. Stories. I didn't know you were going to say that. Yeah. I, I, you know, who's to say what's I interesting? I think dating stories are, yeah. I think I they're like think markedly they're interesting. more interesting than like the baby burped the alphabet today or whatever they talk about. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I don't mean to sound a hater. I do have to say side note that the more I spend time with like small toddlers and babies, I'm like, I don't know if I'm mom material. I think my mom I've had, I've had similar thoughts. I'm too. just like, this is boring to me. I think, I think kids would yeah. be fun. Like if you could have them and then they were like 10. Yeah. If you could just birth a 10 year old. Yeah. Or let, like just so they can chat and have, you a know, little, you can take a little them. fully formed. Yeah. I mean, that would be like More fully an formed. insane. It'd be funny if you're carrying a baby and the legs are just like swinging yeah. out of your vagina. Cause it's just so <laughs> tall. <laughs> Instead of he's crowning, he's footing. <laughs> Um, so that's me, gal. I'm really happy to see your face. Brett. I'm so happy to see you. God, Zoom is kind of, I kind of hate Zoom, but I'm also grateful for it. I haven't, you know, I'm not like in a writer's room right now, so I'm not Zooming away, but this is really nice. Yeah, I'm liking it. A friend of mine that I ran into the other day, he was, he's in a writer's room and he was like, it's so weird. Cause like some of us are sort of like sitting up, like at attention at our desks, like we're, you know, in a cubicle in an office. And then there are a few writers that are just like straight up laying down on a couch. That's and gotta be like, a head writer. That's the higher ups. I, apparently it wasn't, which I actually found surprising. Cause I'm like, Bold oh, you're just like comfortable, like laying down. Yeah. Lying down, laying down. Anyways, um, let's get into the app of today we are getting into season four episode two and it's called the real me this Rose. is a really fun one <laughs> i love this I, I love season four i mean I, I love all the seasons but yeah i'm really excited that we're at season four me too so the episode opens with stanford and carrie catching the opening of brasserie eight and a half the hottest new restaurant in town Carrie's pal, Lynn, played by Margaret Cho, worship, goddess, adore, a -hmm. fashion designer who drops in on them to convince Carrie to walk in her next show. It's going to be high fashion meets real New Yorkers. And Carrie's about as New York as it gets. Carrie has to consider it, and everyone catches up for lunch, where Samantha is crash dieting. Well, lady, you have never looked better. Your body is amazing. Well, I hope so. I'm having nude photographs taken on Wednesday. What are you going to do, have postcards made up to hand out to prospective dates? This is not about a man's approval. This photo is just for me. So when I'm old and my tits are in my shoes, I can look at it and say, damn, I was hot. Isn't that a little narcissistic? No one thinks it's narcissistic when you get your seventh grade picture taken. You weren't naked in that. That we know of. Look, I like my body. I'm getting these pictures taken. What's the big problem? No problem. You're my hero. I think it's fantastic that you can just put it out there. I can't even say yes to being in some charity fashion show. New York style? 
Yeah. You were asked to be part of that? That's huge. All the top designers are doing it. Wait, they want you to be a model? No, 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 no. It's a mix of real people and models. I know the producer. Carrie, you have to do it. You live for fashion. I do not live for fashion. How many fashion shows did you drag me to during fashion week? Eight, what's your point? Why are you turning down the chance to actually be in one? I do not belong on a runway. Runways are for models, not writers. What's the difference between strutting down a runway and the way you strut down Fifth Avenue? Strut? Do I strut? Am I a strutter? I think it'd be fun. I was a teen model when the Ralph Lauren store opened in New Haven. Okay, it's amazing I was able to keep my lunch down just now. I just, I cannot. Imagine walking down a runway where people sit there and judge me. Okay. What do you think? That's a really interesting conversation because actually, Jamie, before um, we talked about who we were this week, I was thinking about saying something about food and diet and stuff because uh, it's so tough. But COVID is bringing up body stuff because- Abs for everybody. Because I'm just- Everyone I talk to. I'm just eating so much. Yes. And like really cognizant of like how much I'm working out and blah, blah, blah. And I was going to say that I was like someone on the show, but I was like, they almost never deal with weight or body issues, which is actually kind of interesting considering it's a group of girls sitting around and talking. No, it's like one of my favorite things about the show is how like they'll just eat sweets and like not even mention it. Yeah. But I think it's interesting in this one, this episode, because the only body things I've I can think of are when Charlotte hates her thighs, which is a great episode. Um, Samantha's being careful about her weight. But something that surprises me about this conversation is, first of all, Carrie's body is like I mean unequivocally no slamming. Yes. And she's confident and she looks good and she's sexy and she dresses well. So I'm really it's a little to me out of character that. Or maybe it's not out of character. Maybe we're just seeing the human side of Carrie where she's like, yes, I think I'm pretty and I'm sexy, but put me next to Heidi Klum and I would not feel that comfortable. Right. Because it's kind of surprising right. that she wouldn't just be like, hell yeah, I'm definitely oh, doing you're t- this. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to reference Samantha. Yeah, yeah, that Carrie feels inadequate. Well, it's also just interesting, like C- Carrie's reverence for the fashion industry is it's very childlike given that this is someone who lives in New York, knows a lot of artists, knows designers, you know, and a lot of, I think all the, the arts in New York sort of have some overlap and you're hanging out in different circles. It's not like you're just hanging out with other writers. Like you're, you know, people, you know? So I think it is interesting how she's like, I can't go where the models go. Like she's so, um, Yeah, she's just she's very pie in the sky with her attitude towards like, you know, yeah, just fashion and everything, everything that ties into it. She really worships it in a way where she's like, I could never like that's just not. Do you feel like her fear is being like this, like five foot two girl walking on the same? Where do you what do you think she's worried about? Yeah, it's interesting because what you're saying is like, yeah, she maybe feels intimidated, like physically intimidated um, in in her physicality, not measuring up. But that's not really what I took away from it. What I took away was that like she respects. She does. She does touch on it a little bit, but I got that. I get this sense that she's so 
in awe of fashion and the fashion industry and Vogue that she's like, oh, like, yeah, I, I like I can't do what models do. Like models are on there. And I think she says that either. Does she say that later in the episode or in an, an earlier episode? Do you remember, Skylar? She talks about like the models in Vogue. I think that's in this episode. I believe that's in this episode. It is in this episode, about, right? Yeah, because yeah, she references Heidi Klum and yeah. Yeah, I think she's just like, yeah. Um, so you I, don't think it's as much of like a woman body thing. You think it's more. I just- didn't get that sense. I've always felt like she's pretty into her body a little bit, maybe later in the episode when she has to wear the jeweled underwear. But I I didn't get that as much. I got it more of like not. Um, yeah, just like not feeling like she fits in almost with that culture or something like that culture is on such a pedestal to her. And I thought that was, it's always been, it's been what I love about Carrie and also what I find surprising because she is such a New Yorker that like the notion of a, a runway show that incorporates real people and models is like not crazy to me. Like, no, I'm I think sure it that's all the time. been done all exactly. So I'm just kind of like. This is not shocking. This is one of the very rare historical moments on the pod where I I think I disagree. I think she's yeah. worried about I think she's thinking I'm not hot enough. I'm not I'm, I'm not model hot. That's what I No, think no, she's that thinking. part that part I I get that. I I just I just am talking about the body issue stuff specifically. But I, I yes, I hear what you're saying. I think that she, she has, doesn't feel model hot. I think so because I think she has good self-esteem. I think she knows she's hot. She's got great style. She always presents. Yeah. But I think that she feels like I'm hot in a normal restaurant or something. Like yeah. that it would be yeah, like it's she, interesting. I wonder why she, I guess it's just surprising that, yeah, I don't know. You're right. Are you saying that that part is out of character for her or you're saying that it's a, it's a new side of her we're It's seeing? something we don't normally see because Carrie generally yeah. seems like pretty happy with the way she looks and she dances around her underwear and she's. That's what I'm saying. That's why I, maybe I'm having a hard time like accepting it that way because it, you're, you, everything you're saying is spot on, but it is like it's so not her normal perspective. So it's just, it's just surprising maybe. So I didn't digest it that way. Yeah. But when she says like, I think she feels condescended to like, Oh, I'm a normal person. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, how nice you get to have like a normal freak, like next to these, like, I don't know. I I, I think it's an interesting, I think that the writers wrote themselves into an interesting conundrum because yeah. Carrie is famously confident and, and hot and hot and likes herself. But in this episode and she doesn't put her body down, they're really, you know, but I think in this episode, there's a very human, relatable female side of Carrie where she's like, yeah, I'm hot. I'm not model hot. I don't want to walk next to Naomi, you know, Campbell. And yeah, like, that was the yeah. vibe I got. Yeah, no, I I think you're onto something. I just it, it's just interesting because. I guess because she is so confident, she's so fashionable, and she's so look at me, look at me in so many ways. It's weird that, that she would not do this. Yeah, and also, again, because she... Just because you're not a model doesn't mean that you feel disgusting compared to them. Like, if I of was course. asked to walk on a runway... And I'm like, okay, I don't have a model's body. I'm like, right, but I have my body and I'm okay with my body. Like, I don't know. I think that making that comparison, it felt very, um, 
it was almost a little, like I said before, like childlike. It's a little teenage girl and not 35 year old woman. Not that you don't have body issues throughout your whole life as a woman. I mean, absolutely. But they do morph, I think. And I thought that, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that if you're walking on a runway with someone, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to feel inferior just because you're not a model. Yeah, I think it was. Sorry, Skylar, you go ahead. Yeah, Sky, what do you, what were you? What do you think? I was just going to say, I think that it also, sort of, to your point, Jamie, has to do with kind of like a a mental categorization thing, where it's like if you think of yourself as like a good looking person, but not necessarily a a person who is a model, and a a person who has the confidence to go out and and look good in their everyday life, the leap to being on a runway, to to displaying clothes, to actually being like what that whole thing is like a brand ambassador is like it's it's such a big leap that I could see what the bump is for Carrie she just doesn't think of herself in that way so it's a strange thing to have somebody propose that to her right 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 yeah and and yeah I think that's that's a great point also the thing with Samantha yeah, what do you guys think about that well because that's initially what I thought you were talking about was Samantha like I if when you were first describing it, and then you're talking about Carrie but the Samantha thing um you know it, it was interesting to me hearing this in 2020 because the idea of like taking pictures of your body is like you see it every day on Instagram right it's like face butt, boobs all day long from everybody so it is interesting to hear them be like you want to celebrate your body in a photograph <laughs> it's like we live in a constant stream of that it's a now bit dated, yeah yeah what do you yeah. think do you do you like enjoy taking sexy pictures do you have like hot pictures of yourself that you're like i want oh sure i think it's fun but i don't have them i don't have them like I, I don't know that i would put them on my wall like samantha would but um but i think that yeah i think it's i i don't think i was doing it necessarily before it became a thing which is kind of interesting and also horrifying. But I guess like Instagram kind of gave people permission to celebrate themselves. And I definitely think there are times when I'm like, okay, we've gone a bit too far. or This is exhausting or this is annoying. But before that, I mean, you know, this scene is, is representative of probably what taking pictures of your body meant back then, which is like, ooh, why would you do that? That's crazy. Like, or at least Charlotte felt that way. So I don't know. I, I guess it shows how it's a little, far we've come. It's also a little different than what we do. She's getting naked in front of two male strangers. Yes, yes, so yes, yes. It's it's a little more intense. Yes, but even but in a way, yes, definitely. She's having a photo session, but also it is interesting because it's like, but she just wants them for herself, and then like the girls are still like, whoa, okay. Like, I, think I don't it's know. So fabulous, like. I am a total photo hoe. Like when I look good, I'm like, I either take pictures of myself or I make people take pictures of me. And I feel exactly the same way as Samantha. Like this is as good as it's going to get. And then it's all good. Totally. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's very relatable. And I, I, yeah, I just, and also she's saying she just wants them for herself. And then I feel like, yeah, everyone was just kind of like, whoa, okay. And it's like, it's, it's pretty on brand for Samantha to want to take naked photos of herself because she feels hot. Yes. I also think that the pose she did with like the open leg. Oh my God. With the, the foot up on the stool or whatever. Like, Unbelievable. I love vaginas. I think they're beautiful, but I'm like, I don't think that's like a fabulous photo. No. And also she did it right away. It so and then isn't it Tony Hale? Isn't yeah, Tony Hale? Hale. Is it, yeah. yeah. Tony Hale is the, the like assistant photographer. He was, I mean, he barely said a word, but he was so funny. He's so funny. 
Yeah, this oh, episode is so, so stacked with uh, fun cameos because there's also Alan Cummings too coming up. Oh yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. So jumping back into the episode later, Miranda runs a few miles at the gym. When she gets off the treadmill, Dave, a fellow gym guy, introduces himself and tells her she's very sexy, which freaks Miranda out. A man finding her sexy, her, Miranda, Miranda Hobbs. Okay, they still set a date. It's so interesting how like people's conceptions of sexy are because like Miranda's great looking and is like at the gym sweating. It's so interesting how like we internalize like, oh, I'm not Jessica Rabbit, so I can't be sexy when it's like, oh, my God, literally sexy comes in a million different packages. You know what? I just thought of something. Tell me your point earlier. I think that, you know, part of this storyline with Carrie that we were just talking about, I think it's also a sign of the times because now I do think that body diversity is celebrated more. But back then, something that I wasn't acknowledging is that you would be like, but I'm not a model. Like that body type was so celebrated, like flat chested, no hips, super tall. Like that was the only body type yeah. was like the model. And like yeah. that, I mean, this this episode filmed not long after like heroin chic was a look in vogue. So yeah, I think that's also part of it is that like back then, like banging, like your body's never looked better. That just means thinner. Yeah, it's true. Whereas now your body looks better, has never looked better. Could mean you look stronger. You have a big your ass. Your butt actually right. got bigger and it looks fucking great. Like it could mean so many things. So I just wanted to flag that. Yeah, anyway. absolutely. So Samantha heads to her nude photo shoot where a photographer named Tiger arr, offers to play some music to get her comfortable. But she is Samantha G.D. Jones, and she does not need music to loosen up. She drops the robe and gets to shooting. Miranda and Dave from the gym hook up, and Carrie and Charlotte head out for a strut. Charlotte asks Carrie for her gynecologist's info, and Carrie asks Charlotte to set up Stanford in exchange. Charlotte delivers big time. Stanford is going to meet Anthony, her wedding stylist. 
played by Mario Cantone. Who should be in every single episode. I mean, he should be in every episode. It's great. He's so excellent. I just kind of feel like if Mario Cantone was straight, he'd be like a huge sitcom star. He's just as funny as it gets. I love him. And Carrie gets yet another call from Lynn, the designer. She's not taking Carrie's waffling for an answer and drops her biggest name yet to convince her. Dolce e Gabbana. And that does it. Carrie heads to a fitting and meets Paul, a hunky fashion photographer, which I will say a lot of the guys that the girls hook up with are patently not cute. This guy, hot, would do. Yeah, he was hot. Don't you think? Yeah, he was. He really felt like a photographer, too. It was really good casting. Mm -hmm. Like, he had that look. Um, Okay, so then Charlotte heads to the new gynecologist where she gets one hell of a diagnosis. I might have vulvodynia. Vulva what, yeah? So every day... I have to keep a vagina journal. No, come on. Uh, dear vagina, why so blue kind of journal? Dear vagina, guess who I have a crush on? No, more like itchy today, not itchy. Sounds like a bestseller. Ready to order? Um, I guess we're still waiting. Oh, but you know, can I have a hot water and some lemon? Thanks. Uh, I'm fine, but Charlotte, maybe your hmm would like an order of fries. <laughs> I guess not, thank you. Sorry I'm late. Hi. I had to pick up my nude contact sheets. Look. Okay, but only until the food arrives. Charlotte, I want your professional art eye opinion. That's not very arty. I can see your... everything. Oh, that's the full frontal. I just did that to warm up. You should have warned me, really. Well, what's the big deal? It's just a vagina. It's magnified. I've never even seen mine that close. Oh, come on. You've never seen yourself up close and personal? Carrie, have you seen yours that close? How'd I get involved? Charlotte, you've never looked at yourself with a hand mirror? Oh, my God. Honey, I insist you go home right now and take a look. Or better yet, take my compact and make a quick trip to the ladies' room. I don't want to look. I think it's ugly. Hmm. That's an interesting, there's, there's so many, I really like that conversation. Um, this is one of those things where we have to say before insecure, before girls, before, uh, you're the worst and all these edgy shows. This was the first show where a group of women were talking about loving your vagina, looking at your vagina, dealing with your vagina. It's like the first, it's so, it's so big. It's so important. Yeah. And it's so great how it starts out comedically sort of making fun of this journal notion. And then like it moves into a pretty, you know, relatable, heavier discussion about how women are shamed. So, yeah, I thought it was like oh, it's such a great scene. <laughs> it's like one of the best scenes, I think. Yeah, it was really funny in the beginning, like a sad vagina. Like I've never even heard of yeah. vulvodynia, but I, I would imagine it's real. Um, this is interesting. I mean, I can definitely relate. Uh, I don't think I like looked at my vagina in a mirror until my late 20s. Um, I don't know if I had shame or if I just wasn't curious enough about it, but I definitely feel like I sort of ignored my vagina for a while. And it was just like part of me instead of like really taking the time to like get into it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. I, it's so interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still now I'm like really circling around this idea that 
Charlotte is so, she's so confusing when she looks at the photos of Samantha and she's like, those aren't very arty. Like, I don't know. It's just so interesting that of all people, I mean, Charlotte, it didn't she even let someone paint her vagina. What was the vagina yeah, story? She, gets, like? she she goes and visits that uh, painter. Yeah. I believe it's season and he paints one. Her the guy, vulva. yeah, and he paints her. Vul- That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't understand if she can still sort of assume this sort of like stuffy, waspy, repressed. How she can maintain that, and then also be someone who like works with you know artists and photographers and and then to see samantha's and be like oh my god like it's just so surprising it's like yeah i know it is her friend and maybe that is like oh okay wow it's like my friend's vagina in my face right now but even so you would think that she would have a more trained eye like samantha said and it's like charlotte truly does not have a trained eye for someone who works in the arts i don't understand yeah. A hundred percent. What about her vagina shame? Is there anything about that you relate to or how has your vagina shame journey been? Oh, I mean, vagina shame is, I mean, it's just, it's such a thing with every single girl I've ever known. Like everyone is, everyone struggles with it. And I mean, even just like boyfriends in the past, like if there was like, oh, I'm on my period, it's like, oh, like yeah. I definitely ha- you're just like even that stuff. It just haunts you to a degree where I'm like, I'm sorry that my body is what it is. I can't. <laughs> what about looking do? at it's it? Did you happens. like look at it in a mirror ever or is that something you have not done? I probably have, but I don't I can't remember like the time that I did it in the way it's like celebrated here. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean. Yes. At some point. Yes, for sure. That's something that I'm not, I'm not a Charlotte in that way where I'm like, I don't even know what it looks like. But the thing that's actually really interesting to me about that is it's like you and I probably have done that like less times than one hand. I mean, that didn't, that's not good. That's not proper English, but not, not not that many times. And it's kind of crazy because it's like, you know what it looks like from the front, but that's not where any of the action is. That's also do you think that's also just because of like the placement? It's like you really have to like get in there if you want to see it. Yes. To me, it's like a yes, convenience I thing. I do. It's not the same as a penis. It's like you can see every angle just yes. from sitting down. Exactly. But considering how important it is and what a huge part of our lives are, I do think it's kind of interesting. Like, I don't think it's that surprised. Not only is it not surprising that Charlotte herself hasn't taken a mirror and looked. Oh, yeah. But I don't. No, I think course. a lot of people don't really regularly do that. And I think yeah. it's a combination of things. Maybe it's laziness. And it seems like a hassle. And then I do think that maybe. Shame. Yeah, maybe there is a squeamish element of like. Sure. You know, a vagina, like the guts of a vagina is very like a sea creature. It doesn't. It's not all um, tied up in a bow. You know what I mean? It's yes. It's has tentacles. Yeah. I mean, yours has like little legs that like. Yeah. No, does yours have that? <laughs> does yours shooting? Does yours? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Does yours shoot delicious squidding that I just squat over a bowl of pasta and let it rip? Does is yours fried up and served as an appetizer called calamari? Yeah. But it's just kind of one of these things where it's yeah. like, I think there's probably also like don't ask, don't tell. Like, I don't like, there's probably also this underlying thing where we don't even really want to know what it looks like, which is crazy, but kind of true. Know, yes. And also, um, there, did you watch Gwyneth Paltrow's series on Netflix? No. How was it? It's great. And she has an episode. 
about vagina shame and it's so well done mm. and she actually shows pictures of vaginas oh, like not in a okay. sexual wow. capacity just like flashes a bunch of different vaginas on the screen of all ages that's cool and i should watch that it's really fucking groundbreaking. It's that. actually interesting that more people aren't talking about that episode because I was like, wow, this is I'm really happy that this is on television. I love that. Like, that this needs great. to be on TV. Yeah, it's excellent. And they have um, like a sex. I don't I don't want to misdiagnose like her official title, but I think she was like some kind of sex therapist. And she basically like teaches women how to. Oh, was it um, Betty Dawson? Overcome their. What was the name? Betty Dodson, super old, like 90. Yes. Yes. Well, I think that's who it was. And she was awesome. Jamie, I looked at my vagina in a mirror in a Betty Dodson workshop, which I wrote about for New York Magazine. I think I read that a long time ago, though. Yeah. 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 That's right. And that was like a crazy, crazy. I mean, that one was all about like, look at it, know it, da, da, da. And yeah, that was when I was like, huh, that's why it's the scene is so interesting. Um, it's also this concept of a sad vagina is really interesting because number one, I don't, we, we, we have to later look up Volvidinia because there's no way I, it's like a sad vagina. Oh, I, I did. It's like, oh, it's, it's, it's it. literally <gasps> like, it, it's literally like vaginal pain that lasts for like one to three months. It's, it's, there's it's like pain. no clear. It's not yeah, depression. There's like, no, no, no. There's no clear, like, I, again, this is based on me literally reading Google right now, but here's what it says. Uh, yeah, the, here's He's my going to night uh, school online yeah, yeah. night school. <laughs> but um, it's chronic pain or discomfort around the opening of your vagina for which there's no identifiable cause and which lasts at least Jesus. three months. Yeah. So, so well, that's an creepy. interesting thing that they called it vagina depression. No that was great for the show, but it doesn't sound yeah. accurate. No, no, no. They talk about it a little. Well, no, they don't talk about this, but I, the, the closest I've heard of vulvodynia is the other va- vaginismus i've like, heard of yeah vaginismus i know someone where where it just hurts that. to have sex no it's not even just sex a pinky finger like a tampon right. like right. anything right. going in i think then in or- unorthodox that's what the lead actress's character was suffering from i she had sex with thought that, that but then i was wondering if it's just that it's like no lube no kissing and he it. just like rams in that i that's what i thought at first but then i think she says that she had it? like or maybe I misunderstood and maybe it was that um, like her doctor in the community like tried to tell her that's what it was. But she actually was just like experiencing. It seemed like vaginismus for sure. It did. Right. But when you yeah. put all the other things together, like the fear and anxiety, the thing about. That's what I'm saying. It's it, hard to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing about a lot of vagina stuff like um, like vaginismus is they don't really know exactly what it is because the vagina is a muscle. And if you're anxious, it's it tightens. Right. Right. So it's kind of interesting. But anyway, I, I think this is a great scene. It really opens up a lot of discussion and it's easy to put everything on Charlotte. Like, Charlotte, you've never looked at your vagina in a mirror, but I bet a lot of like very sexually active, very in touch people, women also have not, yes. which is just interesting. Yeah, it was very it was very easy to give that storyline to Charlotte, um, but it really could have been any of them. I kind of think so. Samantha. Yeah. So Miranda's feeling okay. confident after seeing Jim, Dave and they have another date. Also, she looked so good on her sexy date when she was feeling confident. I was like, with the right styling. I mean, she's always beautiful, but sometimes Miranda just looks like absolutely stunning. Um, Yes. But something's off. All of a sudden, he doesn't find her sexy. 
Sam, meanwhile, is very much feeling herself. She heads to get her nude. This is so funny. I loved it. Uh, it's one of the funniest scenes. She heads to get her so nude portrait framed, funny. but something's off. The framing guy doesn't find her sexy. What is happening? That scene where she's like, I think I'm looking for a little it's bit right of a around mat. my nipple. Yeah. yeah. I'll just around my ass. It's like yeah. so good. <laughs> it's almost one of those things where it's like where you could imagine her being like, that's me in the photo. Like, yeah. <laughs> like wanting yes. that connection. I <laughs> love that guy. So I love that he's just like, he was great. I just he's very don't funny. give a fuck. Okay, anyway. No, it was great. <laughs> it's like, another great, cra- we're framing, another great casting choice. We're framing naked women all day here, ma'am. I, yeah. Like, yeah, he acted, he acted like a gynecologist. He's like, I've seen it all, yeah. baby. Exactly. Um. Okay, so Carrie and Paul catch up for wine and a trip through his long career of shooting models. Oh, right. Okay, so this is where it comes in. Carrie's been a fan for years, but he isn't that interested in talking about his work. He shows her the candid shots from her fitting, and Carrie's got to admit, his new work is good. Stanford and Carrie head to the show where Carrie's bummed to learn just how much of a non-model she is. Her co-real New Yorkers include Fran Lebowitz, who is brilliant, but famously not the hottest. So the glamour is quickly fading. She doesn't want to be like grouped up with these like ugly, ugh, not ugly, right. but just these normal looking people. Well, yeah. And also like older, yeah. like Ed more Koch. veteran yeah. New Yorkers. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Which was hilarious. So it's yes. all gone by the time her D&G stylists inform her, including Alan Cumming, that the fabulous dress she was supposed to wear is out and some sequins underwear is in. Carrie is not happy. And Stanford and Anthony meet, but it does not go great. Anthony is pissed that Charlotte dragged him out to meet a quote-unquote young Ed Harris, which Stanford just isn't, according to Anthony. He takes off. Meanwhile, Stanford enlists Samantha to help with the Carrie crisis backstage. When Samantha sees Carrie, she gives it up. She looks incredible. I love that when she goes, honey, you're a model. Ooh, very so, good. Oh, yeah, so good. it was great. Even Heidi Klum, who's walking the runway after Carrie, confirms it. Confidence restored. Carrie gets ready to walk the catwalk. Before we go to the clip, I have a couple of things to say here. Please. Um, Anthony was so rude to Stanford. Oh, he was horrible. It's, even if you got set up with somebody who you were not attracted yeah. to, that is so no, not it was, okay. No, it was uncalled for. Also, yes, even if you got set up, but also you know that this is like a friend of theirs and you guys are going to see each other again. Like you cannot be that just like unabashedly rude. And also just like as a member of the human race to be that mean to somebody. And like Stanford is not conventionally attractive and I'm sure his self-esteem is already sort of fragile that to just be like, Oh, I got to go is just so careless. Yes. But I also do have to say that I think many of our gay listeners will attest that it's also really condescending and irritating for a friend to be like, you're gay. Oh my God. You have to meet my oh other my God, gay I friend. know someone who's gay. Right. Yes, exactly. And that they actually would have nothing, nothing in common. But the, the other thing I'm going to say is I think, SJP is a stunner. I love a lot mm. of the styling on this show. I did not like the styling for this runway walk. I thought the eye makeup made her look really old and mm. raccoony. And um, I thought she looked so stunning when she put on that Dolce & Gabbana dress that was really long. And just on like fashion gossip, I didn't think that other outfit was so great. What did you think? 
Um, I didn't think the other outfit was so great, but I did think it was very memorable. Yeah, it was. I, I felt very iconic sort of in the grand scheme of the show. And I thought that the hair was really fun. That's true. I loved the like, like, what do you call that? Bouffant. Like bouffant. Yeah. yeah, I love You're that. Right. I was just like this cool beehive. Um, but yeah, I I think. Uh, Did you like the look? The overall look? I mean, sure. You know, it's so weird and crazy and you truly could never wear that anywhere, really. Just like, like, I forgot my Where are you going to wear like a coat with like a pop of panties underneath? Like it doesn't fully Wait, make sense. panties? <laughs> also, it's like a little Winnie the Pooh. It's just kind of like blazer and then <laughs> yeah. i don't even know how hot that is like no pants yeah no it's just like what where, where would this exist other than a it's runway which corona. is why oh it is it is very corona oh my god it's yes like, you would only wear like that at sexy home sexy corona zoom it's content. sexy corona it's yeah it's sexy covid for sure um and also uh that is the one reason i liked it is because she got to wear something that wasn't practical on the runway that's true that feels like extra fun you're right because that other dress as beautiful as it is she would wear that it's just a dress she would buy it she would wear it yeah we've seen carrie in something like that so i liked that they put her in something kind of you know over the top um okay so let's listen to the clip wait till you see our gal really yeah Fuck me hard. Heidi, go. Oh my god, she's fashion roadkill. Stop fucking taking my picture. I had a choice. I could slink off the runway and let my inner model die of shame, or I could pick myself up, flaws and all, and finish. And that's just what I did. Because when real people fall down in life, they get right back up and keep on walking. You know what? Hmm. There's obviously such a trope of like the lead rom-com character falling, but I fucking co-sign. I love this scene. Me too. And I also, they they know what they're doing because they're playing the most rom-com, you go girl, raw, raw music. Like they did not play cool runway music. Which they could have. This is like they are. This was a perfect rom com moment, and they they sold it very hard. It was great. I also think that like you know this show is so famous for the zingers, and like oh my god, she's fashion roadkill, and like leggy uh, models are walking over her. This is the thing that we love about Carrie, and this is why we stand Carrie, is because like yes, she's gorgeous. Yes, she has these fabulous things, but she's like also like it's like screenwriting 101 is just make your character vulnerable so that you can relate. But having her just like fully eat it in like an underwear heels ensemble 
is amazing. Yeah, and also didn't get up quick. Like she was down there for a while and even like looked at the camera guy and was like, stop taking pictures of me. And the models are just walking over her. It's unbelievable. Which is just, it's so funny. It's, there's nothing funnier than someone falls on a runway and the other models are encouraged not to stop. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, there is nothing fucking funnier. You know what? That is like, Jamie, oh. Wouldn't you love to have a black and white photo of that in your house of a model walking? Oh my over god! Her? It would go. It would be a giant blow up I would over the couch. That. Like yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever? That would be my photo. Not not naked pictures of myself like Samantha, <laughs> but just me like fallen with my chin on the ground. It's so good, and also just like yeah. her friends. Also, like I love Margaret Cho. She was one of uh, her 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 sitcom that came out in the '90s for like one yeah. second was like one of my. I thought it was hysterical. It, she's absolutely she's hilarious. A, I just did a show with her in DC, and it was wildly funny. Yeah, she's wildly a trailblazer. Funny. She's just one of the funniest people. Yeah, she was doing comedy when there were no women, definitely no Asian women, definitely no yep. Asian comics. Um, she was the first comedian I ever saw live. She's she did the Majestic Theater legend. in Dallas, Texas, when I was thirteen. It was the best show she also yeah. wrote this memoir like when i was a teenager and it was really raw and it was like about her mm. addiction and her weight issues oh and i would love to read that was, i mean i didn't it's been years but i really liked it but i also love her performance in this they they give her the gayest lines ever everything is like darling you absolutely have to it would be smashing. and she just like goes to a 10 which i really enjoy yeah and i also love the her her pacing and her delivery how it's like i you just fucking need to oh my God, like it's just yes. everything is so like pointed enunciated yes. yeah and pointed yeah so funny um, anyway have you ever had a moment um, yeah. like this gal where you're supposed to just nail it and you just like fully fucking ate shit mm. definitely uh, i'm trying to think yeah i mean not quite this but when i was on last comic standing i I, uh, I got, was in this, it was the third episode. It was the semifinals and I made a point. This is before, like now last comic standing is actually more about the standup, but back then it was still very like reality show. Like that component was there kind of like, you know, let's find the drama here too. And I just remember saying to myself, like making a pact with myself, I will not cry on camera. Like whatever it is, I will not show that vulnerability. I just want this to be about the comedy. Like I'm not doing this to become a reality star, like not going to happen. And then I had a set and got eliminated and that actually, no, this happened before the elimination. It was waiting to find out if I was eliminated and I had had a lot of Red Bull. So I was just very like amped up with a lot of like energy and anxiety and nerves on top of that. And I just was waiting for the final round where they bring us all out on stage and say who gets eliminated. And I was so overwhelmed that I just started tearing up, but to myself, like no one knew it was happening. And then I was kind of holding, like biting my lip. I don't want to let it out. And then this camera guy saw me and like swooped in and was like, Hey, how's it going over here? And I was like, it's good. And then I just started <laughs> crying on camera. Aww. And that, that was definitely my fashion roadkill moment. I'm just like, fuck. But then it's like, yeah, what do you do? You, you get up there. I got eliminated. And then like life moves on and it's fine. Like everything's fine. That's really but, yeah. sweet. 
I don't know if that's exactly no, that's mapped perfect. to what happened here, but that probably was my closest. What about you? Honestly, I was listening to you and also trying to quickly think of something so I'd have something to say, but I really can't. I'm sure that I, I mean, I remember once going into the ocean and then like getting tossed in a wave and coming up and standing up and all my friends going, go back down, go back down. And my, my top just like fell off. But oh my God. I was like, yes. whoa, what's the problem? But I can't think of a yeah. thing where it's like the captain of the football team was watching me and I like barfed on myself or something. Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. I think that uh, it's interesting though that we're talking about this because we all, I think like we all have our version of that and it's all so different, but also so much the same. Yeah, I'm, like, I know that it's have, have, barfing on the c- captain of the football team is is a version <laughs> of fashion roadkill. It's truly any moment where you're just like, oh, I'm so just like horrified with myself, God, but also a million of those. Nice I'm so annoyed that I don't have oh, same. one in my pocket. But anyway, yeah. So after Carrie's done with her stint as a model, the episode wraps up with everyone getting closure. Miranda asks Dave what happened, and it turns out she got too confident for his taste. We need to have a pause for a moment here and just discuss. I actually think it's really fucking lame that somebody. This is a weird storyline. We kind of need to break it down a little because yeah. a guy tells her she's sexy. She's She's incredulous with that news. She like steps into her power, like wears something hot, is like ready to go. And then he's turned off. And it's like all she did was like talk about herself a little and that turned him off. And she like I I, I felt the same way. It was such a bump for me. All she says is like, I love my life. I love my friends. And then he's like, gross. You're so full of yourself. It's like, I'm sorry. What? It's like he liked her when she was like an insecure shit, like like sweaty. Like, yeah, like he only that really bumped me. And it also kind of bummed me out because obviously external validation is like literally heroin for most of us present company, including myself. But it was kind of a bummer that somebody gave her a compliment. She ran with it and felt amazing. And then her feeling amazing turned him off. And then her lesson is like, oh, don't do that again. And yeah, I guess I have to scale back my joy. So that was kind so of I don't make this guy feel intimidated. A bummer. Yeah, I hated it. It also reminds me of like, you know, how they're all the, the, I can't even think of a specific song, but you know how there's that like genre of pop music where the lyrics are always like, yeah, she wears a white t-shirt and no makeup, but she doesn't know she's beautiful. Like all this stuff. I just feel like there's this culture of like, it's cool when a girl doesn't like herself. Totally. Like that's, so brave it's like what why can't women like celebrate the way they look or put on a little makeup because it makes them feel good or talk about how they love their life like what the fuck like why would that be a threat it's such a bummer yeah it's like a guy you're only attractive if like your head is down a guy takes your chin and like slowly lifts it up and looks into your eyes it up girl you're pretty believe me you're like me it's like me me yeah so that that bumps me anyway This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Samantha orders a cheeseburger and scores the compliment she wanted for her nude portraits all along from the delivery guy. Great casting, great scene. 
And Charlotte finally gets to know her vagina in the mirror. And Carrie confidently, happily walks in an imaginary runway in her apartment looking fucking stunning. That's such an iconic moment where she dances in her apartment. She's wearing those like big, like tidy whitey man underwear. Oh, so cute. I love it. Okay, so that brings us to the question of the episode. Later that night, I got to thinking about Narcissus, a man so consumed with his own image, he drowned in it. Did he have no best friends to mirror back a healthy review of himself? And why is it that we can see our friends perfectly, but when it comes to ourselves, no matter how hard we look, do we ever see ourselves clearly? Yeah. It's kind of sad how true that question is. It's interesting because it's like, as we mentioned earlier, coming back around, which always happens when we answer the question of the episode, the show focuses on a lot of really relatable things that women deal with. They don't spend a lot of time on body stuff. It's not the main thing. The main thing is more romantic relationships. But in this episode, every single one of them is like working on a self-esteem piece. Carrie doesn't feel like she's good enough to walk on a runway. Samantha. Miranda feels gross at the gym. Samantha's getting the nude photos. And um, Charlotte's learning to love her vagina. And uh, it's an interesting thing. It's it's an interesting thing, too, because it's not very PC how it all resolves. I totally agree. I was thinking that as well. It is. It's not. Yeah. Finish your point. Finish your point. Yeah, because Samantha's like, it's just about myself. And actually, she wants everyone. She's only happy when somebody says, and and this isn't critical. This is just um, observational. So I'm not saying that I know I don't have to hurt these fake characters' feelings, but I'm just thinking to myself because it's all very human behavior. But Samantha's only happy when she gets a compliment. Um, Miranda has learned that um, she needs to scale back her being confident is is not sexy. It's Um, not sexy. Carrie learns that, you know, she is allowed to be on the same stage with with a model and then Charlotte like learns to look at her vagina and we don't really know if she likes it or not but it's it's kind of very real it's like all these tough female lessons that aren't very it doesn't have like a fairy tale ending you know Mm-mm. this feels like an Emmy episode I bet this is the one they submitted it just feels very big and it has like a larger point to it um and it it does sort of talk about the ways that like women try to celebrate themselves, but then also feel like they have to hold themselves back a little bit. So yeah, I think it's also yeah. interesting. Cause like, she's talking about narcissus and like, when do we become too self-obsessed? And it's, yeah. it's really complicated too, because it's like celebrating and being like, I look fucking hot. Like, I, I don't know. I think that's in doses in, in, in moderation, healthy, especially for women, because it's so easy for us just to go on the criticism spiral. And like this question, no matter how hard we look, do we ever see ourselves clearly? Like, it's interesting because I had a couple moments like this morning I took a shower and I had just finished taking a hike and I was like looking at myself in the mirror. I just had underwear on. There's one part of my body that I don't like, which is my little belly. And it's like, sometimes when I'm naked, it's like the only thing I see, but I was looking at other parts of my body and I was like, I have really nice boobs. Like they're really small, but they're really perky and they have a really nice shape. And I was like, wow, I, and I have long legs and there's so many nice things. That's like, I'm like, I want to train myself not to see the like four inches that I don't The negative space. Yeah. I man, that is so real. Yeah. It's really 
crazy. Also, especially during this time, it's like, I want to get to that place where I'm just grateful that like my body works, <laughs> works and gets me from point A to point B and, you know, services me and that I'm healthy and like all, all these things that are very basic, but we take for granted Yeah, that when you breathe um, in, it's not like terrifying. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I, it's interesting too. I, I, I do kind of circle back to like this notion of this show. I do think that we've come a long way with body positivity. I don't think we're there yet. Um, I think we have a long way to go, but I, it, it is nice to look back and be like, Oh yeah. Well now like there are some, there are different body types celebrated on TV and sure there's still the, you know, the sad truth of like, you want to be a leading lady, of, like be fucking skinny. skinny. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Unless you write the there, there is that. Yeah. Yes. But now there, yes. But now I do feel like we're starting to see more representation and even not just on TV, but also Instagram has been really huge for body positivity. I know there are people that I follow on Instagram that just seeing them post pictures of their, of themselves in their underwear has been huge. Like, I'm just like, Oh yeah, you look great. Like what, why for so many years was it always this one archetype fed to me over and over and over. And especially when this show was on the air, I mean, it just was the way you were supposed to look. I mean, it's so, yeah, it's, um, it's largely still it's that nice way, but it's slowly changing. Another thing I think too is slowly changing. Yep. Another thing I think too is, which is why I want to like be clear that, it's interesting to talk about, but I don't really want to judge it because I also like, oh, this is so hard. Like um, this idea of body positivity and like what we want to like, I definitely think there should be diverse body types on TV and and diverse body types that are considered attractive and are the leading lady and the romantic interest. That's goes without a doubt, but it would rub me in a false way to see something where someone's like, you know what? I love my little jiggle. Like that just doesn't, I don't know. Of course you know what I mean? it always feels, yeah, it's always a little, um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like it has to be real. Um, I remember like, Oprah, Oprah used to say stuff like that. Like she, she would always joke about, I remember like she waved her arms and like talked about like her tricep fat, like her, her bat yeah. wings. Um, I remember that moment kind of vividly when she did that on her show, back in the nineties. And, uh, but then also it's like, but Oprah also really struggled with weight fluctuation and her own body positivity and her own self image. So it is interesting. Those moments when people do that, you're like, wow, that's so empowering that you can do that, that you can embrace your jiggle, all this stuff. Um, and, but then sometimes the people who do it, you're like, right. But you also have had the dark moments where you didn't see yourself that way. So I think that's sometimes why it feels like it rings false. Yeah. Cause it's, it's sometimes tough. from the same person who sort of like cuts themselves down essentially, you know, on a different day. Do you think, what do you think about the, the question, no matter how hard we look, do we ever see ourselves clearly per, on a personal note? How does that ring mm. for you? Do you think you see yourself clearly? Yeah, sometimes too clearly, honestly. Hmm. I think some, I do think there's a level of like, sometimes I think I've, yeah, there are other times where I'm like, oh, I have, a f I, I, I know I have blind spots for sure. But sometimes I think I could stand to not reflect as much as I do because it can get very exhausting. Do you mean more your personality right now or do you mean your looks? I think, mm, I think both. I think both. I sometimes am like, well, looks wise, I don't know, maybe more personality. 
I guess. But if we want to relate this back to the question, are we talking about looks? I think so. What do you think? I think she's talking about looks. Yeah. Um, that one, I don't know. I, I guess. Hmm. I don't know. I definitely like the way I look, um, but it took me a really long time to get there. And also it's not, um, it's not something I think about that much. Uh, honestly, I I don't know why I think because I, I don't know, maybe just because I have such general anxiety about so many things that that is one that I find easy to shelve, Mm -hmm just kind of compartmentalize and put aside, but definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, like anyone, I definitely have insecurities, a lot of body stuff still residual from when I was a teenager and I had a very judgmental grandmother and aunt who both were like telling me that I needed to lose weight all the time. So that stuff for me is probably the hardest to shake and I've come a long way, but it really takes a dedicated effort to uh to not always think like I need to be changing something or controlling something of course like food wise calorie intake that kind of stuff but I've definitely gotten better like when I was talking about this several episodes back where I like stood on a scale and I gained seven pounds and like didn't freak the fuck out that was like huge for me so I'm it's little milestones like that where I'm like oh that's okay. a huge Old deal though definitely lost it yeah yeah so I take it in strides what about you do I see myself clearly? Um, looks wise, I don't know. I I feel the hard. It's hard to know. I feel like the last few years, I've been a lot harder on myself physically than I was before. Um, I think with the wrinkles and my hair changes, and I, yeah, in the last few years, I gained fifteen pounds. And I think it's just my metabolism changing. I mean, I'm a very thin person. So yes, it was. And I just weighed the same for so long. And my waist expanded. The metabolism shit is so strange. Yeah, and I'm on Lexapro. It's so strange. And like I went up on my dose. And like I know that you can gain weight from that. So mm. I feel like sometimes I think I'm really pretty. And then sometimes I think I look old or weird or So, but see, that's the stuff where I go, that's when we dip into the psychology. It's hard to separate how we see our looks and how we see our personality because they really are so intertwined. Like, I think that your mental state impacts the way you see yourself tremendously. Sorry, there's a a chopper. They're looking for me. (laughs) Oh, God, they're coming for you. I want some of that turkey bolognese. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think so, too. I think... I... I think it's actually impossible to see yourself clearly. Yes. Um, because how could you possibly see yourself the way a stranger sees you? I think, unfortunately, the majority of people, men and women. But also, what does clearly mean? Because they also have a lens. Yeah. They also have triggers. We need like a philosophy professor to come on and be like, the, the thing is, everyone's reality is subjective. Everyone's reality is subjective. It's so true. It's like what we're all seeing people's faces and bodies and personalities you know and what else hearts and souls so differently i have to say i really do want to like luxuriate in my looks and feel really attractive and really take advantage and really notice the things that are beautiful about me because i didn't necessarily do that as a teenager in my 20s and i look back and i'm like oh my god my skin i didn't have it was completely smooth and i was uh, you know skinny skinny can wear jeans and not feel like i was being suffocated it's, like a sausage it's all meant 
feeling attractive is all mental. Yes, but I really think it comes down. Yes, to Yes, but I also just have to say I think it's important to feel attractive now because in ten years, yes. things you have now are gonna go. Yes. And yes. and it's just gonna it's get a good thing harder to remember to maintain. Yeah, no, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing because I I feel like in my twenties I I, I th- exactly the same where I'm like. Yeah, I was like, oh, my skin looked. I mean, granted, I yeah, my skin was definitely more broken out then, but still more elasticity. Yeah, you're younger, there's just shit's just like, better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, and it's like, why couldn't I have just? You should have been like, I don't know, wearing like I didn't luxuriate in any of mini that. dresses uh, every goddamn same. day. I was wearing like big. I always wore like clothes that were big and kind of baggy. Like I was always hiding. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. So yeah, that's a really great point. We all need to appreciate what we have now and take those nude photos like Samantha. I think so. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, friend. Well, now we have our final segment of the episode. Mm-hmm. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. We end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Um, I am horny for... Um, some online exercise people, and I want to give you guys two of them Great, because we're all working out at home or if you're Mm -hmm. taking walks. Um, the first person my sister turned me on to her name is Kate K A I T Hurley H U R L E Y. And she has free yoga, Pilates, fitness, uh, videos online. And I do this one from her called deep inner strength and visualization breath work. Mm. It's 35 minutes long. It's 20 ish minutes of awesome core and cardio, and then a 10 minute meditation at the end. And I always sweat and I feel stronger and she seems really nice and it's free. So if you don't have a job and you can't, pay the five, 10, 15, $20 Venmo streaming thing. It's awesome. She's got tons of videos. I can't wait to take other ones from her. Um, and then my second, a recommendation of a free online YouTube class is if you just Google pony sweat, all one word. Oh, I love pony sweat. Yeah, She has this really fun, like hour long free, um, dance class on YouTube. She also has ones you can pay for on her live. I, um, have a Roku, so I haven't figured out how to um, sync my Instagram live to my Roku. So I haven't done her live classes yet, but pony sweat and Kate Hurley, if you do those, uh, whenever in your house, it's free, it's really fun. Um, and that's been something that's been really nice. And and the other day I did a Kate Hurley with my friend where we put our phones, we FaceTimed each other, we muted each other and we just did the workout together. So we knew each other was there, which was really nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What are you Um, for? You know, I'll I'll jump on that. I also have a recommendation. Um, I love, and I've pretty much every single day taken one of her classes, uh, also free on YouTube. Her name is Yvette Bachman. It's Y-V-E-T-T-E, Bachman, B-A-C-H-M-A-N. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all hit classes, um, but she has d- different types of classes. She has 20 minute, 30 minute, 45 great. minute, one hour. Some of them involve weights. If you have them, a BOSU ball, if you have them, plenty of them involve no equipment whatsoever. And those are the ones that I do. Um, but yeah, they're super fun. She has really good energy and they're filmed like at her gym. So there's like, it's her and then there's people behind her. So you actually feel like you're in a mm. class. Um, yeah, I just love that them. Great. Uh, it gets my heart rate up and yeah, it's just really fun. And she also has, I bought a step from, 
um, Dick's sporting goods. So she has some fun step classes. So if you guys happen to have like a step or you'd like use a stool or a bench or whatever, um, those are really fun too. But yeah, she has so many classes online. They're so fun. Like, it's crazy how many she has. I, I do them every day and I still haven't done all of hers. Like they're great. I have to say there's this one routine. I mean, pony sweat stuff is basically like aerobics. It's super easy. You don't have to be a dancer at all, but there's one routine that she does that when I dance it, I feel really sexy and it's just such a, I like, ah, so nice to feel that way. Yeah, I know. It's always fun when like the aerobics moves feel like they actually feel like dancing and not aerobics. Yeah. You're like, oh, I just am like feeling myself, yeah. but I'm also just doing like step touch. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, it's kind of great. I love the throwback to aerobics that's happening during this quarantine. I'm into it. Gal, yeah. I love you. Love you. Okay, bye guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Pew, pew, pew.